We are so glad that you have chosen to stream this audio, and we hope it will encourage you in your faith and your walk towards Christ-likeness. As a side note, we pray that this audio sermon is just supplemental in your relationship with Christ and in no way replaces the church you are plugged into or the pastor that God has put in your life to shepherd and care for your soul. And so with that said, please enjoy this sermon. We have prayed that God would use it in your life. Well, good morning. It is great to be with all of you. Uh, If you want to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1, we're spending our Advent series in in just the first 18 verses of John 1. And the reason we're doing that is because what Advent is about, what this whole Christmas season is about, is how God has come to us. He has come to dwell with us and reveal himself to us. And so, as Cameron mentioned earlier, we're talking about light and life today. And and at the Christmas season, we see lights all around us. And so we even have lights decorating our sanctuary. You know, maybe you and your family have gone down to the mega cavern and enjoyed the light show there. I know I've had my in-laws texting us about uh, the different light shows they've been to in southern Illinois this week, one called Candy Cane Lane, and, you know, and they're just texting us pictures, and they're enjoying the lights, and, and we, we love to look at the beautiful lights during this time of the year. And it's because light is meant to be symbolic of something. It's meant to point us to a new day, to hope in the midst of darkness. And so I remember when I was a kid, I, I used to just sit, you know, after everyone else had gone to bed, you know, the tree was in our basement and I, my room was in the basement. So I, I used to just sit there under the lights of the tree. And in those moments when I just sat there and the only light I could see was the lights from our Christmas tree, I just thought to myself, hopeful, good thoughts. You know, I, I thought, this, you know, there's, there's light here. And so, you know, surely this season is going to bring good things. And, and that's kind of the, the message that our, our culture gives us sometimes too, isn't it? You know, we watch Hallmark movies and, and, you know, they communicate to us that at Christmas is when you'll find your true love. And, and some of you even laugh because you know, and, and yet we know this, and yet we keep watching them over and over again, right? We sit on the couch, and we sit by our Christmas tree with all the lights, and we watch the Hallmark movies because they make us feel good. And what this season has become in our culture is this, is this, is this kind of sentimental feel-good season for us. And so we think just because we see the lights and we watch the Hallmark movies and we enjoy these positive, good things, then surely what's going to happen for us is positive and good. And surely, you know, although our relationships have been filled with conflict and darkness in the past, surely this year, because it's Christmas, things will be better again. And surely, you know, just because we've got the lights and the movies and everything that we uh, celebrate as a culture at Christmas, surely things will just be better for us this year because it's the season. And friends, this season is about so much more than positive vibes or positive thoughts. This season is about the one true light who's not on a Christmas tree or on your houses or any decorations we might see, but all those lights that we have in the midst of the darkest time of the year with winter, right? All those lights are meant to point us to the one true light who has entered the world to bring life. So that's what we're going to read about today in John chapter 1. I hope you'll read with me. 
We're going to focus our time on verses 4 and 5 today, but I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. So if you'll join me in John chapter 1, here's what John says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so if you remember back to last week what we talked about, what John is doing here is John is writing a gospel. He's writing an account of Jesus' life and ministry. And so the way that John starts to introduce Jesus to us is the word of God. He says, Jesus is the word who is always present. Jesus is the word who is God himself. And so what we noted last week is that just like, you know, whenever there's someone that you love in your life, you know, whether it's a spouse or a baby, you know, you need them to actually speak to you to get to understand them better, to know them deeply and to understand what they're wanting, right? You need someone to speak to you to reveal themselves to you. And so that's exactly what John is saying that Jesus has done for us, that God has revealed himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ. He's revealed himself to us, which means that at the Christmas season, at the holidays, whenever we think about the things that are broken in our lives, the things that are painful, the things that are dark in some sense, whenever we think about those things that have gone wrong, we have a God who has revealed himself to us and entered in. And so that's what we talked about last week, and we also talked about how this this term, the word that John uses to describe Jesus, also means the reason for all things. And so we talked about how in Jesus' life and, and satisfaction and joy, because as Paul says, we were made by him and for him. And so we talked about how we can't find satisfaction in anything else but Jesus, This is the God who has revealed himself to us as the word, as the incarnate one who has come to dwell with us. And so we looked at his revelation of himself to us and and him being the reason for all things last week. And then this week in verse 4, we read that the same Jesus, the same word, here's what John says about him. He says, in him was life. And so what does John mean by life? What does the Bible mean when it says that life is found in Christ. Well, throughout Scripture, what we see is, is that life is associated with the presence of God. And so John points us back to creation, right? He says, in the beginning was the Word. And so he's pointing us back to the first pages of Scripture where we read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so John is pointing us back to the beginning of all things. And he's saying life is found in this God who created life and made life and brought everything that is into being. See, life is found in him and in him alone. Life is always found in God in the Bible. And so in the Old Testament, we read about the Garden of Eden in the first couple chapters of the Bible. And we read about how when Adam and Eve sinned against God, they rebelled against his goodwill for their lives. They were kicked out of the garden, right? And the reason that God kicked them out of the garden is because he didn't want them to continually live in sin forever. Because sin separated them from him and and brought them into the realm of death and darkness, whereas God is always associated in the Bible with life and light. 
And so they had to go away from God's presence, similar to how we read later in the Old Testament when people had sinned against God or, or they were considered unclean in some way and in terms of associated with death or darkness in some kind. They were cast out of the camp, right? Where God's presence was at the center of the camp, at the center of the people of God, and with his presence was light and life. And so to go outside of the camp was to go into the realm of darkness or death. And so to move away from God in Scripture is to move away from life. It's to move away from the one who is the source of life, the one who brings life into being, the one who, with Adam, we read in Genesis 2-7, the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And so see, in Scripture, life always comes from God and is associated with God. And so in the New Testament, what John is saying to us and revealing to us is that in Jesus is life. He is God's supreme revelation of himself to us, and in him alone can we find life. And so what we realize during this Christmas season is that we often try to find life everywhere else, though, right? See, we look to... Family and technology, and, and if you just think about, um, you know, just the commercials we see around this time of the year, we see all these, these advertisements for these different things that you should get for your loved ones, because, you know, if you get the Echo Dot for your loved one, then their life's going to be a lot less stressful, because we're all just so busy that we really just need our own personal assistant who knows everything, that we can just say, hey, Alexa, can you take care of this for me? And that'll make life easier for us, and the good life will be found there. And then we think about Google and how, you know, at at the sound of our voice or the touch of a button, all the knowledge in the world is accessible to us. We say, hey, Google, what's this about? Hey, Google, what's the weather like today? And then we think about how, um, you know, Facebook has just made their portal, right? And so their big advertising theme this year is, is the portal is a way that you can be with your loved ones that you're separated from. And so, see, we look to all these different things in life to make life easier and and to find the good life in them. We think these things will make our life great. And in reality, what we find, even after we get the thing that we thought will make life easier and better, it's just as hard as it was before. Sure, for a couple days, we enjoy the gifts that we get at Christmas, right? And we benefit from them, and, you know, we use them. And then, just like when we were kids, we kind of set them to the side because we realized that they couldn't deliver on what we thought they would. And so, we look to all these things, technology being one of them, and we realize that they fall short. We're still stressed, even when we have Alexa to help us out. We're still, we still don't know everything that we need to know, even though Google is at the sound of our voice or the touch of a button on our phone, and we still are separated from our loved ones. There's distance, even though we have a screen where we can see them all the time. And so, see, friends, we find all these other things in life to try and fix our problems. And the message of our culture at the Christmas season is that you can find the fix for your problems in this gift or that gift or in just getting together with family around the Christmas tree or whatever it might be. Our culture sells us this message that just because it's the season where we see lights around us and we watch Hallmark movies where everything works out, 
that that's going to be our story too this year. And what we find is that life is still broken after Christmas is over. Relationships are still filled with strife and conflict. And we realize that the whole time we've been hoping and created things to give us what only the creator can give us. To give us what only Jesus has. And that's life. Life is only found in him. So if, if as we read last week, if, as Paul says, all things were created through him and for him, talking about Jesus when he writes in Colossians 1.16, if this is what Paul says about Jesus, we've been made through Jesus and for Jesus, then what that means, what we talked about last week, is that we can't find life and satisfaction in the pursuit of love. We can't find life and satisfaction in the pursuit of success and that promotion you've been wanting all year and you've been working so hard for it. We can't find life in the gifts that we receive that we think are going to make life easier this year. And we can't find life even in family. So friends, we we often make this whole season just about us and our families, right? It's a time to get together with family and that's a good thing. See, what we've been taught by our culture is to place all our hope and all our cards there. And then whenever we get to the family reunion and there's still arguments and there's still fights and there's still strife and the same problems we had last year are still present this year, we start despairing and we, we feel the presence of darkness. Even though there's lights all around us, even though we dress our trees up and our houses and everything, we still can't find life there because, listen, Anything and everything in creation, including the things that we hold most dear to us, were never made to completely satisfy us. And so Augustine puts it like this. He says, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Talking about God, talking about Christ. And so what we're talking about when we talk about life being in Christ is everything that we need most is in him. Our very being and existence comes from him. And the kind of joy and satisfaction and sustenance that we are looking for in everything else at this holiday season is found in Jesus. Life in scripture is always associated with the presence of God. And this God has revealed himself to us and come to us and been present in us. This is what the manger is all about. This God who actually has what we need and can provide the joy that our hearts are longing for came to us. He did not stand far off. So when Christmas is painful for you this year, whatever it may be that you're going through, the loss of a loved one or family strife, whatever it might be, there's a God who sees it and who didn't just see it and watch. Instead, he entered in to redeem what had been broken and to bring life and light. And so just as John says that in Jesus we find life, also in him we find light. John says, in him was life, and listen to this, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And so John, he says this weird phrase here where he says, in Jesus' life, and so we kind of try and wrap our minds around what that means, finding life in God, finding everything we need in God, finding ultimate satisfaction and joy in God, in Christ. 
And then he says, so he calls Jesus life. He says, in him was life. And then he says, this life, talking about Jesus, the life that is in him was the light of men. And so what does John mean by that? I mean, it drove me crazy this week because the more I I read about what this little phrase in John 1 means, the more I got frustrated because no one would explain it. The more I got frustrated because it's, it's, what does John mean when he says, in him was life, and this life that we're talking about was the light of men? Well, what is light? light? Light shines on something, right? John says it shines in the darkness. And so I, I think about, um, you know, our, our basement at home, and, and in our basement, there's several obstacles that you would be bound to run into in the dark, and several times I have. Um, one of them, or two of them actually, being these gigantic metal poles. And I'm thankful for the poles because they actually hold the roof above our heads, right? And they make sure that we can actually live there. But in the dark, it's kind of difficult because you don't see the pole coming. And you just kind of feel like in that moment that the pole was out to get you. When in reality, you're walking in the dark, right? And so what does John mean by in him was life and this life was the light of men? He means that when we have a relationship with God, when we are connected to God, we begin to see everything around us differently. Light is shown on it. It exposes what was in the darkness so that we can see clearly. In Jesus is life, and this life that is in Jesus is the light of men. So when we're connected to God, we begin to see ourselves differently. We begin to see our world differently. And so in Jesus we find life, and in Jesus we find light, and this relationship with God is what John is talking about. If we find life in him, then this life is also the light that makes everything visible around us that we need to see. And in, in the Bible, and then also across human history and culture, these two ideas, life and light, have just been intimately connected. And it's, it's so profound. I, you know, Lara Reese mentioned this to me earlier this week, that in Spanish, the phrase, dar la luz, that describes giving birth, literally means to give light. And so we think about our relationship with God and how whenever we come into, into the faith, when we believe in Jesus, we are, we are born again, right? We receive a new birth. There's something God does in us to bring about that faith that he speaks life into us and brings us to new life in him, in Christ, right? And this new life that we have in him becomes the light by which we see everything else around us, including our own hearts and ourselves, So this relationship that we talk about so often as Christians that we have with God because of Christ, this is the means by which we see clearly what God wants for us. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so when we think about walking into the room, we have to turn on the light switch, right? Otherwise, I'm not going to see the pole before I run into it, and I have once or twice, And I wish after that moment that I'd just been willing to turn the light switch on first before I tried to get whatever I needed out of the basement. And friends, in Jesus, we have this life that is also the light of men. And if we continually look to him and trust in him, then we will see life differently. 
But if we continually try to do life apart from Jesus, if we continually try to seek fulfillment and satisfaction and joy and all these other things, including the the people that we care most about in life, our spouses, our kids, our grandkids, whoever it might be, listen, nothing in creation was made to sustain the weight that only God can for you. And so the more that we try to place our hope in the holidays at everything being perfect at the family reunion and everything working out like it does in the Hallmark movies and, and this kind of sentimental light, the more we will miss the true light of the world who has entered into our pain and our brokenness to redeem us and save us and satisfy us. And not only that, but to show us the way to help us understand how to approach life in a fallen world. You see, we can only find life and light in Jesus. And and to understand this more fully, we have to understand what the Bible means by darkness, right? John says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So what does John mean by darkness? What does the Bible mean when it speaks of darkness? Well, I think he's speaking of two different things here. Whenever you read darkness in scripture, what it's referring to is the darkness in us and the darkness around us. And so when we talk about the darkness in us, what we're talking about is the darkness of our own hearts, right? That apart from God, we have no light in us. Here's here's how uh, Paul puts it in Ephesians 5, 8. He says, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And so before we come into relationship with God and Christ. We are darkness. It's part of us. It's part of who we are, right? And so here's how he puts it in chapter 4 of Ephesians. He says, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. And so what we've done, friends, what we often do is that we start walking in that darkened basement without the lights on, and we just begin to adapt We just begin to do life that way. We See, we've gotten so used to being in the darkness that we've forgotten what the light was like at all. See, we try to do life without the light on. And we wonder why our relationships are so broken. And we wonder why life is so depressing and not satisfying and so filled with sadness and pain. And what God has been telling us from the very beginning when we chose to rebel against him is that it's the darkness in us. That's why our lives are broken and fragmented. And we'll talk about the darkness around us in just a moment, but but friends, this is the message of scripture, that God is holy and good, that he has made all things good, and then what we did with that is we chose to rebel against him and use things the way that we wanted to use them, and what happened is everything shattered Because we looked at the author of the story and we said, I think I can write a better one. And it's just ignorance. That's what Paul calls it, right? He says we have hard hearts. He says we are darkened in our understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in us, because of our hard hearts. You see, no matter how much someone tries to tell us, if you'll just turn the light switch on, we just keep trying to do it in the dark. And the only one who can bring light into the darkness of our hearts is the one who spoke it into being at creation. 
what we've been looking about in Genesis is that the, the first thing God makes is light. And that this light comes from his own presence because when God speaks light into being on the first day of creation, the sun, the moon, and the stars aren't there yet. They're not present yet. And God says, let there be light, and there was light. And then Paul says later in one of his letters, he, he says that this same God who spoke light into the darkness of creation has spoken light into the darkness of our hearts when we trust in Christ. See, this life that was the light of men, God has spoken this light into the darkness of ourselves, into our darkened hearts. This God of creation is revealed as the Word made flesh, the baby who, laid, who was laid in a manger. This is God with us, as Matthew says in his gospel. And this God flips the light switch on for us. We can't do it for ourselves, but he can do it in us. And so we think about the darkness in us, the depression that we struggle with, the, the fear and worries and, and the doubts we have about God and, and the, thing, the ways in which we don't trust him and with our lives and, and the things that we're addicted to, the things that we envy, the things we're jealous about, our lack of ability to change, all these different things in us, our darkness in us. And only God, only Jesus, has life and is the light of men who can speak light into that darkness in us. And then we look at the darkness around us, or so our environment, right? So not just our hearts are dark, but the world in which we live is affected by sin. It's broken, right? We, we broke it. When humanity sinned against God, we brought darkness, we rebelled against him, and what we see around us is, is, is tragedy and death and pain and suffering and abuse and hunger and poverty and all these different things we see in a darkened world. And you and I, we try and fix the problems, don't we? <laughs> We're, we walk in the darkness and we try and fix our world thinking that it's, it's actually in our grasp. That if we just have the right programs, then we can end world hunger. If we just have the right programs and ministries, then we can end poverty. If we just do the right things, then we can change our world and bring light into it. And friends, all those things are good things that we should do, right? But we've misunderstood how severe the problem is in a world that is broken by sin thinking that somehow we can muster up enough light in ourselves to push back the darkness, when in reality we need the one true light that John talks about to be the one that shines in the darkness continually, that shines into the darkness of our hearts and brings us to life in him, and that shines into the darkness of a broken, fallen world that can actually bring a new creation See, this is what the Bible talks about often, is that Jesus himself is the beginning of the new creation, God's restoration of all things. So we read about the end of days when he'll wipe every tear from our eyes and he'll undo all the bad things and make them right again. It's a new creation. It's this God who is present at creation before it began revealed to us in Jesus Christ, the light of the world. That's what he says about himself later in John, right? I am the light of the world. 
And so that's why when we read in Isaiah, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shown. It's God himself come to us. It's the word of God incarnate. It is the word who is life and is the light of men, who changes how we see ourselves and our world and everything that has gone wrong and is the one who can actually bring redemption and restoration. This is the God that John is talking about. This is the God that enters in to that brokenness of the holidays. This is the God who, whenever you look at the mistakes that you've made in life and the relationships that have been severed because of them, and you're not even sure that you're going to try and go home this year because, you know, you just made such a mess of things in the past and you're not even sure it's worth it. This is the God who extends forgiveness for what you've done wrong. This is the God who brings light into the darkness of your heart and not only brings new life in you, but can show you the way forward. This is the God who, whenever we deal with loss and pain and suffering and grief at the holidays, whenever we're sitting around the tree and we realize there's, there's people that we love that aren't there anymore and we feel that weight, that pain, and it seems crushing to us, when we see the lights on the tree and we realize it, it's just sentimental, whenever we realize our life's still broken despite what Hallmark tells us, this is the God who enters in. This is Jesus, and in him is life. And this life was the light of men, and John says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so what John means is that even in the midst of your pain, even in the midst of all the mistakes you've made, whatever the darkness might be in you or around you, Jesus is the light of the world who continually is shining. Do you see how it says shines there? It's not shined, past tense. It's this light continually shines, even now continually when the darkness is present. And so friends, when we feel the weight of the darkness around us, when we see the darkness in us, John says this light is so powerful that it continually shines and that darkness, as powerful as it may seem to you in your life right now, cannot overcome the light of God, the light of Christ. And so the invitation for us is that we would come to the God who has come to us. That we would come to this Jesus John reveals to us. That he says, in him was life. And this life was the light of men. And that that light continually is shining even when the darkness is present. And one day, the darkness will be eliminated in the new creation. Because this God who was present at the beginning of creation is making all things new. And so we're going to sing and praise this God who in him we find life and light. Who has always been and who has come to us 
who doesn't expect us to climb our way back to him, but instead came to us, that he might redeem us, forgive us, transform us, and shine light into our darkness. And so we're gonna have prayer partners available at the front of the sanctuary and at the back during this next song. And if you have not trusted in this, this word who John says, in him is life, I would just encourage you to make that decision today. To find the light of the world in Christ the Lord. And if, if you just, it, maybe you are trusting in Christ already, but you just feel down because of the darkness around you or you're struggling with something with the darkness in you, would you just come for prayer? We want to be available to pray with you and talk with you if you have questions about what this means and where life can be found. And so we're going to have people available at the front and the back as we sing, and you come as you will, and we'll praise our God together. Let's pray. Lord God, we are so thankful that you have not left us in the darkness, but that you have entered in. God, that you have come to redeem us from the darkness inside of us, that you have come to redeem us from the darkness around us. And God, I pray right now for any of us who are doubting or struggling, God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see, to see you in all your glory, that we would see you, the one true hope and light of the world. So Jesus, would you be glorified in our midst today? And Lord, as you have done so many times in many of us, would you continually speak light into the darkness of our hearts? In your glorious name we pray, amen.